A lot of you are familiar with the DNA Project and have been rocking with us for a while, but some of you aren't. A lot of you are faithful listeners of the podcast, but aren't familiar with some of the other work that we do. So I just want to take a quick moment to explain to you a little bit more of what we do. So you're getting married, or you have a friend, a cousin, a sister, somebody you know is getting married. Okay. You've booked your venue, caterers, photographer, all that good stuff. When it comes to live music, most people have no idea where to look. We have you covered. Picture this. During the ceremony, while guests are being seated, or while the bride's walking down the aisle. During the cocktail hour, while guests are just mingling and having a good time. Don't forget about dinner music. That's very important to set the mood while guests eat. And we definitely can't forget the party. Let's get the party started right now with The DNA Project. www.thednaproject.ca for more information. I mean, it's working right now if we just don't move at all stay perfectly still red light green light yeah red light green light but it's always red light <laughs> yeah 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 welcome hi welcome to the dna airwaves Thank i'm you, matt there's anthony over there hey guys and we have Dariki over here hello hello and then we have two of the eight thousand members of bangers <laughs> brass of the house with us we have max and emily how are you guys doing good good, good. how about you uh, great. I have to tell you, I'm really excited about this because with Toronto musicians, at least when you're from, from that city, there's a bit of a bias and you're not sure, do I like this musician because they're from Toronto mm. or because they're good? And mm. I can tell you with confidence that my girlfriend showed me Bangers Brass and I fell in love and I did not know they were from Toronto until I heard the lyric, Bay Street, Wall Street, fuck that shit. And I was like, wait a second, hold on. And I looked them up, oh, they are from Toronto. Whoa, cool. And then I uh, called up Anthony because he can get anybody. And I was like, can you get Bangers Brass in here? And he was like, no, we'll see. And then he did. Just, that's how I saw. This is a very, you know, very important day for day. me. Mm. Yeah. He just had clean. Yeah. <laughs> just for I used to have a big afro and I shaved it just for you guys. Wow. I feel honored. Yeah. Honored, honored. Well, thanks, man. That's good to hear. Yeah, you guys do awesome things. You guys took the three uh, three elements that I think go really well with hip hop because hip hop is punchy and sharp, right? And drums are punchy and sharp because true. that's why they're always present in hip hop. And brass is punchy and sharp, so Very that true. combination really goes well together. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys only have drums, lots of brass, and yep. hip hop. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay, tell yep. us more about that. What's the? How, how did that all come to be? Because it's such a cool idea. Um, I guess it came out of like there were two people in the community in Toronto. One is Donnie Milwaukee, who's been a big proponent of the hip hop scene here for it's a long time. Mm -hmm. Donnie Milwaukee. Yeah, it's a great one, eh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he uh, it was him and a guy named Chris Weatherstone, who's big in the brass community, who. I guess this is like, what, 2017? Mm, yeah. Um, they got together and we're kind of just thinking like, how do we get workshopping? Donnie's been running workshops for hip hop and building MC culture and all these things for a very long time. Right, and, cool. and how do we integrate this with the brass band scene? How do we bring this to a street level thing? And so they just started busking in Kensington, just like little pop-ups mm. with a couple MCs on megaphones mm. and a few horns, just whoever was around. And it just kind of grew from there. I mean... It's we're we're working on our second album now. We have nice. one that's that came out. Thank you. One that came out in 2019, mm -hmm. and you know a lot of it came through playing these shows that we did. We had monthly residencies uh, for about a year, I think. Yeah, mm -hmm. we were yeah. playing Night Owl once a month uh, mm -hmm. down on College, and we were playing the Tennessee Tavern in Parkdale once a month. Mm, nice. Um, and 
just doing those like four MCs, whatever horn players were around, and yeah. drums, and doing three set shows where we're playing basically covers like mm-hmm. hip hop standard all covers, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we're doing like hip hop standard repertoire. Yeah, and the MCs are just freestyling over it the whole time. Mm. Oh, cool. uh, okay. And so it became this huge cipher thing of, of group cool. interaction and the crowd. Yeah. Um, and the energy was just crazy. I can mm. imagine. Those shows were nuts. Yeah, it was like yeah, yeah. very, I was very new to the hip hop scene. Um, I was been, I have been active in the brass band scene for a while. I play trombone. Yeah. Um, but I just, you know, showed up one night because a couple of my pals were like, there's, you know, there's this hip hop brass band and we have this kind of open call. I think it was the Cameron House was maybe my first. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, performance. I don't even know if I would call it a show with with the guys. And uh, yeah, it was really intense, but in a good way. Have you ever that, thought about being one of the rappers? Me? <laughs> yeah. No, no. Maybe after a beer or two. But Fair enough. <laughs> otherwise, I'm a behind the scenes That's person. Gotcha. Like, so you said it was an open call, so it was basically like a not an open mic, but musicians could hop in and kind of just go jam with the band kind of thing? Basically, yeah. There were, cool. at the beginning, there were uh, like like handouts of, of basic horn lines, you know, right. like oh, basic yeah. horn lines of whatever hip-hop covers stuff. we were, yep. hip hop covers we were doing at the time. Yeah. Um, and you, you know, that was kind of the baseline. And then there's definitely an, an improvisation factor that's um, that's big in the band. So you just kind of riff off that. Mm-hmm. And the brass plays the baseline because you said that word and it made me... Is it brass or bass line? Bass line. Because it's just drums and then all brass, right? Yes. yes. Okay, so brass is covering all parts of what would be other instruments. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely, yep. Mm -hmm. It's the coolest thing. (laughs) Generally, we're doing um, like drums, sousaphone, which is like a big tuba that goes around you, Mm. Uh, bass saxophone. It's comforting, eh? I never even heard that instrument before. It's a hug. It's a warm hug. Does it vibrate around you as you play it? I've never played it. It does. It does? You can feel it. Damn. It's nice. Interesting. Uh, and then nice. always like a couple trombones, uh, French horn, oh, yeah. as many trumpets as we can get together, uh, and a saxophone or two. Um, and it, at the it, at that era, it was pretty much open call. You just had to like make sure that you're understanding the repertoire. Yeah. Right. Uh, and it, at that time, it, I, I don't know, at least for me, it was like an educational thing. Like I absolutely. What do you too. play? I play trumpet and sousaphone. Trumpet and sousaphone. Mm. Oh, okay. so you're well familiar and yeah. acquainted with the sousaphone. Yeah. The sousaphone is cool. my friend. <laughs> yeah, 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 cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, at the time, like we we both went to school for music um, at different schools. But in my experience, I went to U of T, and there the program is very much like you're, you're learning traditional jazz, you're learning yeah. bebop mm-hmm. era stuff, yeah. or you're learning like free avant garde music. Right. right. And there isn't really much in the middle. Yeah. There's not a lot of like what's currently happening. There's not a lot of like cultural music. Yeah, that's interesting because what kind of job, do, how many students are there a year? Uh, about 120 through the whole program. So 120 grads every year that are uh, like learning. Probably 30 grads. 30, uh, mm-hmm. they keep dropping out? Mm-hmm. Or? It's like 120 for the whole program. Oh, 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 oh yeah. okay. But yeah. yeah, 30 grads learning either avant-garde music or jazz. Yeah. What do they end up doing after? <laughs> Great question. It's a good thing we don't. It's a good thing we don't have video here. Yeah, yeah. that was priceless. <laughs> uh, whatever they can, I That's guess. Right. Like yeah, so, yeah. some people are still very like I play jazz. Jazz is what I do, and and I I kind of knew pretty early on that that wasn't really the path for me. Like I've mm-hmm. I've always been interested in so many different styles of music and how they yeah. all fit together. Mm. Um, and so this band for me became a way to educate myself on the depth and tradition of hip hop music. Nice. 
I don't, cool. I cannot claim to be an expert by any means, but I, we happen to have people in the band who are. For sure. And people who I can trust and who trust me enough that we can have mm -hmm. conversations, not only about the music and the history and the trajectory, but also questions about race and questions about everybody's position within the band and within the music. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's That culture is what's so special about the band to me. I would agree. Absolutely. So as far as the arrangements go, because I know you mentioned um, it was kind of, uh, you we'd print out some charts, like basic horn lines. Mm -hmm. Um, for the live show arrangements, how does that work? Um, as far as being so many members, mm -hmm. do you sit down together and like work out the songs and how you're going to play them, transitions and all that good stuff? Is that a group effort? Yeah, mostly it is. Um, back when we were <laughs> in the before times, when we were <laughs> when we were playing a lot more live, uh, yeah. you know, we had regular rehearsals where we would run that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, like live shows for live shows, trans transitions are really paramount very yeah. important yeah um and yeah so we definitely did work 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 out with that stuff and uh, and the mcs are are quite exceptional at at leading that so mm -hmm. oh man you're gonna yeah. be so mad at me Who? i was trying not to look at you because I, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I, I this is what i do this All is right, why you go. guys have let's me do here. It. that's why we have you here i think all right let's find out <laughs> many of you may not know you two will not know this Dirky is also uh an MC himself. Oh, sick. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You know, this reminds Drops me it reminds me of when my mom like praises me to people. Like, <laughs> this is my job. He's very good with the microphone. He's good boy. But, talk to him. but I don't say it. She doesn't talk like true, that at all. Right? Mm -hmm. I'm not yeah. saying it because I want him to feel good. You're saying it because of your mother. I'm saying it because it's true. <laughs> Thank you. And I, I do it to you that. too. I don't say no, it it's totally true. true. And then totally you guys true. are like, stop, you're making my face go red. <laughs> I don't think my face can go Anyways, you interrupted me. You're, he's a budding MC. We, uh, <laughs> there's a lot that goes with this. Mm -hmm. We did a pretty cool uh, Dr. Dre show right. where okay. we were traveling a bit. Mm. And it was a big like um, strings and horn section as well. Oh, sweet. Maybe there's a, co a collaboration in, uh, in the future here. We'll see. But just wanted to throw that out because I know he hates when I uh, kind of talk about his... His achievements. <laughs> I'm getting better at being uncomfortable. So just take it, man. I did. Proud. Did I not take Drop it? Drop bars. Next time I say he's no, an MC, you got to just freestyle. He, he took. Uh, <laughs> he took. <laughs> so uh, uh, here's a question for you guys. Because mm -hmm. you're, you're, I wouldn't say you're merging genres. I would say it's completely hip hop, just played on unconventional instruments. I wouldn't mm -hmm. call that a fusion. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But I'm sure you have a lot of enthusiasts of not hip hop that may become interested in what you guys are doing. Mm -hmm. uh, is that your experience? The The fan base is uh, comprised of unexpected members. Have you found that? Or is it uh, mostly a hip hop crowd? Yeah, is it a mishmash of people that came from your kind of background? learning about hip-hop now because of the brat that's a great question yeah yeah gonna... there's definitely some of that i mean in the in the night owl years what we kind of landed on was that the people who are coming to see this show are not really people who are invested in hip-hop culture they're yeah. generally yeah, they came to party they came to party they came right. to have a good time okay. and and they haven't seen anything like this before yeah. it's a yeah, spectacle yeah. right for sure yes and for sure yeah and so at this point like We've been kind of dormant for the last two years. Um, Not your fault, Kofi. No. Yeah. <laughs> like you. So honestly, right now, we don't know what our fan base is and who, who is still mm. around, right? Um, the first record that we did was, to me, feels very much like a brass band record with rappers on it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the album that we're working on right now is 
we got a few horn players, small groups in the studio with a producer named The Chemist, who we've been working with for a while, who's amazing. Nice. Okay. And he chopped that up and made beats out of it, and the MCs wrote to that. Mm. So we're really trying to That's go cool. from a more authentic hip hop perspective on this one and, and try to actually like pay respect to the music and the way that it's been created traditionally. So nice. at that point, once that comes out, I'm I'm curious about this same question. Like, who is going to be enjoying this music? Is it going to be people who come out of the culture of hip hop and know the history and the trajectory? Yeah. Or is it people yeah. who are getting attracted by the brass band thing? Or is it like a Toronto thing? Mm. Is it the Night Owl crowd? Yeah. Mm. And you, you've you done some traveling too, right? Yeah. Or has it been, ma- but it's mainly Toronto based as far as live shows were going, I guess, prior to COVID? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, main, mainly Toronto based, Toronto and, and the GTA. I use that in quotes, but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's haven't. why it's so because conv- it, the, <clears throat> the record and just the attitude you guys have, it sounded like. We talked about like, New York, right? Yeah. Like a mm. States band that's been touring for years and years. Yeah. Mm. And to know that you guys are just in our backyard and you've only had the opportunity to do the one album. It's like you guys started off like running. Mm. Right? It doesn't feel like a first album at all. Mm, thanks, man. Appreciate Thank that. Um, yeah. well, what's the writing process like? It's different. It's a lot. This, this second <laughs> album is, yeah. How many members are album. usually, on average, how many members are there? There are... I don't even know. 12, 12, 12, 12 or 13. Okay. Okay, Counting. Right. Uh, yeah. um, right now there's 12 or 13. At different times, it's been as many as like 25 on the roster. Wow. That it was never 25 all at the same time. Right. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, sometimes you book something and some people in the band don't show up. Right, and then yeah. you got to fill the gaps. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about backing tracks that you can buy online. But oh, you can't buy them for your own music. <laughs> you have to create right. them. You have yeah. to create them. Which oh, I respect. Mm. It, it, it's so funny how we went from backing tracks are evil and cheating to like at least record your own. <laughs> yeah, You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, do yourself that courtesy. At least show that you know the parts. Mm. You can play the thing. So, We're not going to go down that road because I'm getting angry. Someone take <laughs> <laughs> um, Something very interesting happened. Let, let's take a history lesson here. But oh, uh, I love a, it. after the the Great Depression, yeah. big bands basically dis- disappeared off the face of the earth because before, basically, all music was uh, at least quartets or mm. a big band and Buddy Rich and things like that. And then the Depression came. Uh, and the post-war uh, uh, financial situation came and basically large bands were done with because mm-hmm. you have to pay every member and you have to drive every member and you have to you know put them up and, and treat them like people and yeah. it's expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now there are you know the guitar where one person can play six notes at the same time. So you don't need a whole band. So basically the whole idea of big bands became a lot harder to pull off. Mm-hmm. After the 30s and 40s, when did it come back? To- it never did, mm. not to the same level, right? right. Which is gotcha. why it's so impressive that you guys are at that level and make such cool music and work so well together. Can you talk a bit about the the struggles of of even putting on a show when there's 12 members to to deal with? Because yeah. doing it with three members kicks my ass for sure. <laughs> um, do you want to? Um, (laughs) you guys can't see this Emily and I just looked at each other and went no you talk about it Um, it's it's a lot man it's It's, uh, there are a lot of things to think about and a lot of people to check in with and make sure that all the parts are moving all the wheels are greased everybody knows what's expected of them right yeah yeah, I mean we haven't run one since the pandemic and we don't have anything on the books right now for exactly this reason like it's one thing to set up a, like book a show, 
in December of this year and basically go like, oh, I hope that we can do this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when you have a three-person band, when you have a 12-person band, it's different. Mm, like yeah. it's, a little bit more if we have reduced capacity, it doesn't make any sense for us to, to play, too, for right? Sure. Right, because yeah. nobody's making any money. Exactly. Um, and obviously it's not all about the money, but like, it helps. It helps. <laughs> yeah, it helps. It allows you to get yeah. twelve guys are people in the room. Grown folks that need to eat. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's only fair. Exactly. It's, yeah. It's hip hop. It's all about the Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> it's important. Yeah, I I don't know. Like, I do a lot of messaging people the day before to tell them all the details, and then talking to them again in the morning to make sure they know all the details. So. Right. Oh, do you ever have a per? Sorry. Go ahead, please. Oh, you're so polite. <laughs> I was just going to ask about like, do you guys have a manager or someone that is just yeah. kind of all self sufficient? No, we are definitely definitely self sufficient at this point, and okay. there are uh, within the, within the last six months, a couple of us have taken on like more official roles. Gotcha. Right. Um, it's Ra- not for wrangling. everybody. Wrangling, wrangling is a big thing. Yes. Um, wrangling. But yeah, just what, in terms of like... the band is cattle? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Your words, not ours. Right? <laughs> he agreed, though. He said, yeah, on the record. Um, strangling works. <laughs> wrangling and strangling. Wrangling, wrangling and strangling. No, it is a lot, and it's not for everybody. And I'm, I mean, as a musician myself. Mm-hmm. Not just I, a musician, the person that organizes big shows. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. as a musician... Managing musicians mm. yeah. is like a different hat that you have to wear. It's tough, and when and you're it's doing a, both, like the player coach thing could be crazy. So mm-hmm. that's why I asked that question. It's a steep learning curve. Absolutely. It is. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. And then there's standards and expectations that have to be set and maintained. Yep. So mm-hmm. who is in charge of that sort of thing? There's sort of different roles. So, like, technically, I'm the production manager. Right. Okay. And what that means is whenever we have shows, I'm responsible for making sure that they happen and that everything goes according to plan and yeah. the tech is there and the people are there okay. and yeah. set lists and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, we have someone in the band named Charlotte Alexander who plays French horn and who also does a lot of the, the wrangling, making sure that we have people for gigs and for rehearsals, yeah. uh, photo shoots, like all that kind of stuff. Right. Mm. Uh, and then... I don't even know what my t- title is right now. I do, I do a lot of like extraneous things. Mm. Uh, Emily's really good at picking up the slack for right. what everybody else doesn't okay. get okay. done. Running That's interference yeah. is the official that. title. Yeah. 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 Yes. So um, as we're diving into uh, problems, mm. uh, let's talk. Do you have, I, I can't imagine, but there's always negative criticism of, of everything. So what have you guys heard? Was there any criticism of you guys are straying too far from hip hop or uh, you're, I don't know, yeah. betraying jazz? Mm. What kind of things have you heard? There's definitely <laughs> betraying jazz, <laughs> jazz traders. Um, <laughs> I think the, I think the biggest, biggest criticism that people have had over the years has been about what I was saying earlier, like the shows, the audiences that we've played to so far have been mostly white people. Right. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, I know that the MCs have taken a fair amount of heat for sticking with us and right. for continuing to play really? with this band. Interesting. Um, just because it, like, it's not, it doesn't come across as for the culture at these mm. shows, right? Mm. It's like a mostly white band that's black fronted playing to a mostly white audience. But I mean, most hip hop shows, if you look out into the audience, that's unfortunately, it, yeah. it, that's what it is. Yeah, so I mean, reality, I've yeah. gone to like, Hip hop shows where the audience was predominantly white, and mm-hmm. that just seems to be the way it, goes. The way it goes. Even yeah. the ones that we were doing, exactly, was the exact it was predominantly same white. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are more white people in yeah, the country. Yeah, it makes sense. a numbers game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's not like it's a. It's 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 uh, it's like almost 
all white people, right? And like in the crowds, yeah. it's not like it's yeah, a yeah. 50 50 or right, 70 exactly. 30. So that's the interesting part there. Mm -hmm. But who's to define who the culture is, right? If right. these are the people who are there coming to the shows, then that's the hip hop culture, right? In that sense, at least. So. Totally. Mm -hmm. Plus, uh, I, I could make the argument that there have been plenty of white artists with black backing bands in exactly. the past. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And that, yeah, there you go. in yeah. some cases, didn't look all that great, right? Mm -hmm. Right. There was a history behind that. So now seeing the flip, mm -hmm. I think is refreshing. It's cool. Exactly. The music has no color. Yeah, that's why I was uh, mm -hmm. surprised uh, the MCs are getting flack for not representing the culture. I mean, that's mm -hmm. the best diverse. place to represent culture. the culture. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of your own, you know, group is to represent it. And I think they're doing a great job. So There's it's your rebuttal weird that for they the next feel time. that way. Yeah, yeah, I would say mm -hmm. that's the best way to represent our culture is kill it's a show in front of white people. Yeah. 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 And I feel like there's no watering <laughs> down of, of the... And correct me if I'm wrong, this is just how I hear it. I don't feel like that music has any watering down of the hip hop element to it. Mm. Like, that's I don't where think, I was so confused. Yeah, I don't think they're yeah, yeah. they're picking and choosing words to right. nope. to appeal to a wide audience. Mm -hmm. It feels very genuine. Authentic, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And so that's that's strange that they it's look at the they're sure. not even criticizing you they're they're going to a show looking at the audience and going eh. right but then yeah. again who who are these people that are criticizing well in no. this the, i will say too like this they're is probably like, white <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this is like this is two years ago right uh -huh. okay. we, yeah, yeah. we haven't really been in a public forum in a long time so right well you are us. now hey <laughs> yeah we have a lot of listeners mm. show up <laughs> <laughs> i think they've got more um have you guys ever talked about kind of veering away from hip hop in any songs or any of the music you guys do? Like trying to add a little bit more of a different genre to like you? Some country twang? Not twang, <laughs> but like maybe twang. more jazz, maybe more, you, you know. You have that one song on the album that's like that. Country twang? Country twang? No, no. The one, Heaven, something Heaven. Oh, Proto, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it... I don't, I don't know. I think that's something that we have uh, evolved away from a little bit, to be honest. I think, I think, especially in the last couple of years, um, as a band, we have, as Max was saying earlier, kind of refocused a little bit towards hip hop. Mm -hmm. okay. Um, in in the term, in the sense of of how this new record has been produced, right. um, how it has been recorded, uh, the. I don't know the the, the, the style of the stylistic the style of, material, of right? yeah exactly. And uh, how? What about the drums? Is it? Do you? Uh, from what I hear, there's a, one drummer, mm -hmm. right? Is there any percussion or anything coming up? Drum machines? Or are you sticking to that format? So this record, there's uh, little if no live drums on it. Yeah, it's mostly beat making that the chemist did. Uh, yeah, um, okay. the first album was recorded by Austin Gambora. He's a killer drummer. He's played with all kinds of people mm -hmm. um, and was like our guy for a good year and a half, two years. Okay. Uh, lately, it's been Corey Kelly, mm -hmm. who came out and was like understudying with us when he was 17 and is now finishing Just up his, wee lad. Finishing up his uh, degree at Humber <laughs> nice. and mm -hmm. is getting mm -hmm. ready to hit the good road. Good job, Corey. Congrats he's on that. Crushing it. Um, yeah, and, nice. and he's been amazing since the beginning. But just the way that this album went down, it was like, all right, we're giving it to the producer. We're letting him do his thing. Um, a lot of trust. But you've been working with him. Mm. Yeah, nice. Emily, but, do you do any music outside of Bangers Brass? I do, yes. Mm. Uh, I am a freelance trombonist, so I'm generally involved with any number of projects at a given time. I also teach piano. Oh, uh, nice. So, yeah. How long have you been teaching piano? Mm, 15 years. Mm. 
And you go sing? Not in public. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same. Same. I sing yeah. for fun. And what do you do anything outside of uh, bangers? Yeah, I same kind of thing. Freelance trumpet player. Uh, I've toured with a bunch of different bands over the years. Um, through the pandemic, like many people, I got way more into production and recording and, nice. and exploring that world. And that's been cool. I've, I've been working on some some projects in that world that's been, I don't know, the, the freelance horn player thing, you got to be doing a lot of different things at the same time. Yeah, for sure. It's a be, grind. It's a grind and you got to <laughs> yeah. be responsible to a bunch of different bands. Yeah, um, good point. I feel grateful that I, uh, I've had this time to sort of pivot and sort of think about music differently. Absolutely when you stop running that race and running that grind and really start mm -hmm. thinking about like what you're trying to say, yep. it kind of changes things. Mm. Um, but these days I'm mostly, I'm either involved with bangers or working on my own recording stuff, or I play with some uh, like Eastern European bands in the city doing some like klezmer music and- Hold on, yeah. can I guess who? Sure. Lemon Bucket Orchestra? Uh, no, <laughs> once in a while. Oh, hey, there you go. <laughs> they're, they're good friends of ours. Emily actually toured with them for quite a few years. I was in that band for a couple of years, yeah. Um, yeah. Roman and I uh, like started out in like battles of the band like in high school, like years and years ago. Oh, yeah? Battles of the bands? Battles of the band. Battles battles of one band, band, lots of battles. One band, okay. lots of battles. <laughs> <laughs> Separate bands. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, Lemon Bucket is such an institution in the city that they've, mm -hmm. like, a lot of the people who have gone through our band have also gone through their band. Right. Um, we share a sousaphone player with them. Because there's only one. So does he just <laughs> actually a lot, surprisingly enough. So <laughs> does he remove the, the cloth cover with one band name on it, <laughs> on the horn, and then put on another one? Lemon Bucket For does sure. actually have their own sousaphone, so with, mm. with the logo painted uh -huh. in the bell. Oh, um, wow. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. How much does a sousaphone cost? I'm just curious. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> Depends on, uh, uh, not as much as you think. I right. got I got mine for about 800 bucks. Is um, there like a sousaphone outlet that you went to? Like where do you get a sousaphone? A sousaphone? Yeah. The, the general consensus is the new ones are shit. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, really? Am I allowed to swear? Like yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, they're just Wait, not, <laughs> they're just not made. They don't make them like they used to kind mm, of thing. A lot of things. Yeah. 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 And so really what you want to be playing is like from the 50s or before. Yeah. Um, and luckily enough, they're not really in demand. Uh, I can't imagine why. <laughs> no, that's weird. Uh, so you can usually find one online for pretty cheap. I, I know a guy, you know, Nolan Murphy. Mm. It's a guy in town. He's a sousaphone player who owns eight of them. Yeah, oh, the wow. Murph. Uh, the Murph. The Murph. You know him or no? no. Just a shout out. <laughs> the Murph. <laughs> I'm going to tell him you said that. Yeah. <laughs> he just might become the Murph now because he yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. it's catchy. Do you... um? Do you guys use any sort of effects not, in your shows? Not in this band. No, not in this band. In, this band. Well, been, in general, I guess it would be cool just to, yeah, what I, kind of things do you, are you able to do? I've been, uh, I started out on guitar, so I, I got into effects kind of early on. And through the last couple of years, I've been working on like a pedal setup for my trumpet, which is nice. pretty fun. I've got a few pedals happening there, Very trying cool. to blend it into live shows now and use it in recording and stuff. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of a question that we're thinking about going forward. Like yeah. once this record is finished, the next question is like, all right, how do we play this live? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that'll be fun. What yeah. kind of steps do we need to take? What kind of gear do we have to put in place so that we can get the same kind of sounds that True. you're hearing on the record in the live setting? Yeah, because you want to stay authentic to the recording for yeah. your fans. Yeah, it's, yeah. We talk about, <coughs> oh, excuse me. Oh, <laughs> super excited there. We, uh, we talk about um, the difference between your, your live show and your... Uh, album mm -hmm. on here quite a bit how sure. do you guys feel about because what you're saying is you're trying to 
find a way to redo what you're doing in the studio, which is complex live. Mm-hmm. Are you is your goal to completely make a carbon copy of your record, or are you planning on working in live quirks and do the whole thing? Because whatever you're doing on record is going to be, I'm sure, very complicated to pull off live. Mm-hmm. Because you're not limited by track counts and you know right, right. time and things like that. Yeah. So yeah, I, how do you feel about that? About matching live to recorded? The live show is always going to be different than the album, and I think that's uh, one of the pleasures of seeing mm-hmm. people live. I mean, of course. as yeah. I say that, it's also nice to hear the accuracy that you are perhaps used to from the recording. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I mean, with with the nature of this band and most of us, you know, being horn players and being MCs who are improvising. Right. Uh, the live show, yeah, is it's it's inevitable that it's there are going to be differences and yeah, yeah. like live show uh, like segues and mm-hmm. solos thrown out and crowd participation and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yes, we are, you know, we want to be able to play the album live, absolutely, but with some leeway. Yeah. 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 Yeah, a big part of the show has always been, like even as we've transitioned sort of from the, the Cypher cover repertoire to playing our original stuff more, yeah. there's always things being called on the fly. There's all, the, the, the great thing about this band is that everyone is always playing with their eyes up. And so at any time yeah, the MCs yeah. can call like, all right, you know, with, with a look and a hand sign, like, all right, we're going to extend this section. We're going to loop it. We're going to mm-hmm. like, I'm going to freestyle over this. Or we're going to call a solo from you over this section. Right. Or like, bring it down. We're going to make a little like transition into the next tr- tune. And these kind of things are like, it makes every show a little bit different. And it keeps us on our toes. It keeps us mm-hmm. like Exciting, interested right? and yeah. engaged with what's going on. And it, how many of the 12 members are engaged in that process? Because I could imagine... If there's that many people with input in the composition mm. that it could get a little bit annoying. Mm. So is there like a core group of people that usually run it and everyone else is just like, tell me what I got to play and I'll play it? Yeah. Or is it more of like a community all deciding little things? Yeah, it's mostly um, Matt Somber and Ira Tayarab, our MCs, and then either me or Teddy, another trumpet player in the band, mm. sort of acting as the, the liaison between the MC front of the band and like the core group. Got you. Um, and just passing things back and forth. Mm. Dariki was mentioning um, that sometimes in, are you guys wearing um, in-ears? Just Corey, the drummer. Just Corey, okay, so never mind. Mm, Because in in shows with in-ears, sometimes there's just people whispering around and talking. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that, That you guys don't have to go through. It's super complicated to have uh, an onstage MD, musical director, whatever, when everybody's kind of, I mean, you're blowing into instruments, right? It's a little mm. different than having a keyboard player yeah. with a talk back. Yeah, I don't even know yeah. how that would work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought I was on camera. I did a, <laughs> I did a demonstration. <laughs> well, I, think, I think part of the part of the part of where we get that the the strengths as a band to be able to do that is because we we evolved from a street band, from right. from playing oh, yeah, in the streets, right, from yeah. from parades, from Kensington Market, from right. like playing outside. Mm-hmm. You're not amplified. There are no microphones. And, you know, maybe one of the MCs is, you know, on top of a car over here. And you have, right. to, be, you have to be paying attention, they you know, like yeah. heads up yeah, hockey, cool. right? Yeah, yeah, is that yeah. what they call it? <laughs> that <laughs> megaphone <laughs> idea is so cool because horns are loud yeah, yes. and drums yeah. are loud. Yeah. You, you can just compete. do it anywhere. Yeah. All you need is the batteries for the for the horn. I never thought about using a megaphone before. That's so cool. That is very cool. It's pretty good. You do lose some clarity often. For sure. So Mm -hmm. there's been a couple times where we've had to do like crash shows outdoors where 
one time we did uh, TD Jazz Fest and mm-hmm. I literally rented two battery powered speakers and put them on a dolly. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, so the MCs could just walk in front of the band with, yeah, with yeah, proper yeah. amplification. Yeah. <laughs> but the megaphones are fun. You just, um, you don't really hear the words that well. I could imagine. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's just yeah. energy at that point. Exactly. Yeah. Um, mentioning the MCs, do they play instruments or any, anything else? I'm just wondering because for musicians, like you said, you both freelance and have other things. Mm, As yeah. an MC, I always wonder, like, what's the fallback or what led you to know that at some point you're going to be in a hip-hop band? It doesn't seem very likely <laughs> yeah. to do it successfully and often. So mm. I don't know if you could answer for them. I'm just wondering. Yeah. I know Ira plays a little bit of piano, but I don't mm. know if he wants that out there, <laughs> out there <laughs> yeah. in the world. Um, yeah, I mean, they both... I don't think they set out to be in a hip hop band. I think they're focused on their individual career trajectory. Okay, and this like, is the part of it. Yeah, and okay. this this is something that we all kind of fell into together. That's right. been helpful for us to grow together right. and learn from each other. Okay. Um, cool. In terms of like from the horn player side, we're learning about hip hop and we're learning about the live show and performance and yeah. and I'm learning a lot just about business and all of those other elements of music that you don't really talk about in music school. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which has been huge for me. And I think for those guys, like being able to workshop in a live environment, I know there's yeah. a lot of MCs who, you know, they, they make their record and yeah. with their producer friends and then they go to play live for the first time and they don't know what to do with themselves. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And so true. these guys have been playing live a lot for a lot of years. So getting their chops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. It mm-hmm. shows, man. Speaking of learning about hip hop culture, can you guys share some stuff that you've learned about hip hop history or hip hop culture or, or the music since joining this band? Yeah, I mean, the biggest one for me that I didn't really get was how regional it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, how yeah. Yeah, all of these regional. styles and these different elements of the music came out of spaces and, and scenes and cultures. Yeah. Right? Yep. Um, I mean, Shad's hip hop evolution show was a huge. Brilliant. Show. Oh my God. One of the greatest ever made. Yeah, absolutely. And that was like a huge primer for it, kind of became like required. Absolutely. Yeah. Folks at home, if you haven't watched it yet, Watch yeah. Shad, a Toronto rapper, yeah. with, with Russell Peters I think as he a backer, produced made <clears throat> one of the, if not the best, hip hop multi series documentary ever. If you want to understand hip hop, just watch. It's on Netflix, right? Hip hop yeah. evolution. Yeah, that's great. It's Incredible. Awesome. Yeah. That's that was the biggest thing, and and I'm still learning about it all the time. I I just didn't realize how deep it was. Yeah, I didn't realize how much history there is, and yeah. and to how- be honest, neither did I. And like mm-hmm. I'm, I've lived it, you know. And yeah, and when you watch the the documentary we were talking about, you learn. I was just like, wow. Especially when the South, the Bay Area, places we don't really know, mm-hmm. Texas, you're just like, wow. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. It really, really, really is eye opening how deep, like you said, it can be in region Toronto has a great meld of like US and UK though, which is really, mm-hmm. really interesting. I don't know if you guys have really seen that side of Toronto as far as the hip hop scene and like the melding of the grime and like what's happening now with trap. I don't know if mm. that's anything you guys have been exposed to, like the the new age rap that's happening now. Cause I find the MCs of my <laughs> my day back in my day <laughs> they have a different style now it's more blended into r&b and there's this new like evolution of hip-hop happening right now do you want to do the sure. the snoop dog impersonation no that's funny though because uh <laughs> a lot of people he took a lot of flack for that but i mean he was absolutely right that's what's happening the mumble rap mm. you know and mumble stuff rap, like that yeah. it's just uh, i don't know if it's drug induced but 
There's a weird transition for where guys went from being the dealer to the user in hip hop, mm. and then now they're glorifying mm. this uh. weird, like, I don't know, drug use. I don't know if you guys have really even looked into that part of hip hop now, where it's like everybody wants to be the user. I'm or, sure they all pop perks mm. before going on stage. That's like a real problem. <laughs> oh, not these <laughs> you guys. You guys are nodding. Like, yeah, like, no, we don't. Yeah. yeah. No, I swear. Not us. But I promise I have a prescription. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's true, man. It's yeah. it's very different than it was. Mm -hmm. um, it's, I, I can't make broad sweeping generalizations about For hip hop sure. music. I can't do that. It's different than it was. Yeah. Yeah, that's no, fair. You're absolutely right. That's fair. And you know what? You guys bring such a different element anyways. I don't think that you... I imagine for a lot of like MCs and rappers, they have they feel the need to kind of keep up with where hip hop's going. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I think for what you do, you kind of set your own place in it. So you could probably borrow from old and new, mm -hmm. and you're bringing something that's completely outside of what most of us are used to, anyways. Absolutely. So that's kind of my observation on that. I'm not the Duriki expert on hip hop, but you, you I know can what? expose you because you are. I, I just pretend. Okay, okay, <laughs> but it's okay. Uh, you gave up on hip hop. It's okay. I didn't give up on hip hop. Oh. I gave up on being an MC. Mm, You're gonna enough, tell the whole audience that Anthony gave up on hip hop. Yeah, He's oh, gonna, I was gonna expose his, his early MC days. But. Okay, I could talk about it. <laughs> What's the difference between us? Oh, don't do that. <laughs> oh, that's a reference. If you know that, you listen to hip hop. Yeah, there you go. There. Um, but you mentioned the UK grime, mm. and we don't usually just talk face to face. Yeah, this so is interesting. Different lock eyes. Um, can you just break that down a little? What's the difference? Uh, I Overview. guess it's just like the cadence really of just like the way they deliver their their raps. It's real quick. Is it accent based or is it more than that? No, yeah. it's definitely like rhythm is completely Rhythm's, different. Okay. Like well, It came from different source material, right? Right, exactly. It's like, it's like not coming out of New York in the 90s. Right, okay. right, right. Um, and UK took from Chicago scene and Chicago, that drill rap scene was really okay. big. And they, for some reason, the UK loved that yeah. and kind of melded their Love own that. thing. And then it came back to Canada. And now it's like this weird singy songy rap. Singy thing that's songy. I love yeah. how every time you talk about it, you have a different term that's just not the kindest, I guess. <laughs> I always felt like hip hop and punk had a lot in common for sure. culturally. Yeah, for sure. They're, they both came from younger folks that didn't have access to both musical education and good musical instruments going that's th this isn't a club we're not allowed into yeah, and we'll yeah. just use whatever we have if it's mm -hmm. record players if it's right. sticks and stones yeah, yeah. same thing like it's Ooh. this and it's all about attitude mm -hmm. and it, yeah, it's yeah. become more refined over time where now there's the purists the same way that there are with classical <laughs> yeah <true>. uh, <laughs> going about this but it, it's that and that attitude is really heard in in the music there's yeah. a lot of uh, topics that you guys address that are interesting to hear a Canadian perspective of mm, true. Uh, and a Toronto perspective of. Um, when it comes to, because there are so many members and there's so, is there anybody that has veto power to say that lyric mm. doesn't represent us or uh, I don't like this verse or is it just everybody puts a vote in together? Or it's just whatever he delivers, it's it, usually fine. At, at this point, mm. it's very much the MCs say what they say. Okay. Mm -hmm. we, we've had a lot of conversations about this over the years of sort of where we draw lines. Uh, and also a lot of conversations about where we all stand as a collective. And like, yeah, at, at this, I, I don't know. I hit a point where I'm not going to tell either of those men what to say. Right, right. Because it's their speaking voice. Mm. They're the representatives of this group. But at the same time, they know 
that they're speaking on behalf of all of us. Right. And they take yeah, that yeah. in consideration with their writing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it, there's, there are some things that, that get said. Yeah. I mean, I, I have personally had conversations with, with the MCs in the past about, um, you know, being, being a woman on stage yeah. in, in a very masculine centric, yeah. uh, art form and also masculine centric vibe right. and, yeah. and, and some of the things that the MCs, uh, rap about, um, you know, I've, I've had conversations with him about it just to be like, Hey, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know sure. I just want to talk about it. Yeah. You know, I, it's, I'm not saying do or do not say these things, but like, let's have a conversation about it. Well, that's fair. That's interesting. And how do those usually go? Are they welcoming those conversations? And is it a, is it a conversation of where you are just asking why they chose to, to rap about that particular lyric? Yeah. Just a, you know, the conversations go go well. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's fairly approachable in the band and, yeah. and happy to have these conversations because they come from a place of care, right? Right, yeah. absolutely. Um, you know, I, I I want to be in this band. Yeah, of I, course. You know, I have struggled over the past with, well, I'm, I'm a white female in a hip-hop yeah. band. Like, how does, you know, I have to do some work in terms of learning my hip-hop history Fair in enough. terms yeah. of I can't just, this is not like, um, this is not a session musician thing for me. I don't just come right. in and do the gig. You know, right. I want to be involved. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Um, that's so in terms of the conversations, they're, uh, the MCs are, are, are always fairly open about talking about them. And it's, it's yeah, I want, I, I'm just curious as to, you know, let's have a conversation about it. Like, yeah. why did you write this? How right. did yeah, you write yeah. this? You know, uh, but, yeah. Are, so you also do a lot of covers too, right? Or some covers, I should say. A lot less you, these days than we than we used to. Because I know covers, hip hop. There's some things that are said that yeah can make anybody uncomfortable. Yeah, really. for sure. So these conversations are not going to be pertaining to cover songs, right? Well, in the, in the cover songs, they're not doing the verses that are on the records. Okay, it's like they're doing the hook, maybe. Okay, mm. and then it's freestyle. Other than oh, that. even for the live uh, shows, yeah, yeah, yeah. Much. Oh, okay, got yeah. you. Do you ever have with freestyle? What happens if you if somebody starts and they think they have something to say, and then halfway through, do they ever like? Uh, I'm sorry, choke. I lost the idea. Does that happen? Does it, somebody else take over? What are the rules? It it has happened. I would hope uh, so. If they're really freestyling, it should yeah, happen. Yeah. <laughs> there was a there was a point where there were four MCs in the band mm. and they would all be on stage and be ready for these things. They would right. just literally yeah, tag yeah, each yeah. other in good, and be good. like, Okay, yeah, I got your back. Like yeah, you come yeah, in. That's important. Because yeah. I'm running out of oh, words right here. There. That is important. Yeah. Reaching out. Um yeah. but now now there's just two and at this point that doesn't really happen to them anymore. Like mm-hmm. they put, like I said, they put in so much time and practice at doing this that yeah, that's awesome. If if it if they run out of words or whatever happens, like they can go to a crowd participation moment, or they right. can cue up a solo, solo or they can yeah, exactly. do a different section of the song. Like there's so they have so many tools at their disposal that they developed that's over time. True. Yeah, yeah. And would, with hip hop, sorry, I don't know. If no, no, go for there. it. With hip hop, you could get angry, so you can turn it around and just turn it into a moment. I'm pretty mm. sure right? that'd yeah. probably be my go. Forget the life. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Trashing things. Yeah, yeah. I got something to say. <laughs> That's my MC voice. Let me know. Take a quick, <laughs> take a quick pause while you guys think you play bass. <laughs> so, do you guys have a projected time to when you want to go back to live shows? We're hoping for the summer. Nice. Um, I'm I'm doing a lot of the back end like festival application stuff right now. Gotcha. Okay, good, nice. Because for a band our size, like 
we're going to book shows locally, obviously, but sure. to yeah. try to get on the road, like we got to have some kind of guaranteed date locked in yeah. that we can book yeah, around. Sure. Right. Um, it's an interesting time to be doing that because I think a lot of festivals are just honoring their 2020 lineups uh, for the most part. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure what kind of bites we're going to get this right. year, but yeah. it's more planting the seeds for for future years. Of course, right? yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm sure some bands got disbanded during this time and yeah. there'll be some openings. Yeah. And Was there ever thought of that with you guys? Yeah. Yeah. It all, it almost happened. Mm. Oh, no. I think it's almost happened a couple of times. To yeah, be right. honest. that's yeah. part of the process. It's yeah. it's been such a like the turnover in the band has been so big over the years. Right. That every time there's a big reshuffling, it's like, okay, are we all still here? Like a little bit of a heat check. Are we doing it? Are we still bangers? Yeah. Still brass. Yeah. It's uh it's an interesting interesting continuum that we're on mm. where sometimes this band is very much a band and sometimes it's a bunch of people doing their own thing who get together once in a while. Mm -hmm. yeah. Interesting. You know? That is interesting. And I think that flexibility lends itself well, like it the fluid, mm -hmm. fluidity of, of our individual lives, you know? Because mm -hmm. we all, like like you said earlier, we're all grown-ass people. Like we're adults <laughs> trying to live lives yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and playing in this band is not going to pay the bills for any one of us. Like right. There are so many oh, people so. involved. Yeah, I got you. That's just the reality of it. Yeah. So yeah. it's about mm -hmm. making sure that it makes sense for everyone and making sure that everyone's level of engagement. Like at one point we had a, a business, we were structured as a business partnership with a bunch of members. Mm -hmm. yep. um, and then the pandemic hit and things kind of stopped rolling and right. everybody's lives took different paths. And, yeah, yeah, and so gearing up to this season, we like, we had a bunch of conversations about like, all right, moving forward, who like who is in on the business level who like wants to freelance with the band yeah what are you guys willing to give what do you have to invest in the band at this point right and sort of figured out how we want to run that because it it's not fair to expect the same from everybody mm -hmm. yeah that's that's true if they don't have the same investment right yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. right this is a good opportunity for matt to leave us with uh, a life lesson Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> put him on the spot <laughs> um Always wear shoes in regions that have hookworms. Okay, I'll take it. Okay. Is <laughs> that from personal experience? So, I, maybe. Um, yeah, I, <clears throat> I just want to make the point again that what you guys are doing, not only musically is it really unique and interesting and well done, yeah. it, it, the fact that Running a big band is exponentially yeah. harder than running a small group. Yeah, and you guys sure. are still yeah. doing it. And I can tell you that pretty much every other musical band in history hasn't had to survive a pandemic. Right. And you guys have mm -hmm. done that. And everybody's sort of geared down to, to, a, to a lower gear. But now you guys are revving back up. And I'm really excited yeah, to hear what you guys cool. are working on. Too bad we didn't contact you before. Because mm. we were pandemic ready in many ways um True. but yeah i'm still really yeah really looking for the next pandemic we're so ready. <laughs> uh, really looking forward that. to hearing <laughs> not what i meant yeah. Bite your tongue. Bite yeah. Your tongue. um yeah keep doing what you guys are doing it'd be great to have more of the band in the studio yeah, next time sure. we can do we can put all you guys out yeah. out there and, and do like a a real group talk uh thank fun. you for representing toronto uh, and, and putting us yeah. on the map. And uh, thank you for the musical content. Can you tell the audience at home how to find you, uh, how to listen to you, handles, album name, uh, anything that you think people should hear? Yeah, you can find us online at bangersbrass.com or on Instagram. With a, with a Z, sorry. With bangers. a Z, B-A-N-G-E-R-Z, brass. 
Uh, We're also on Instagram, at Bangers Brass, same spelling. Um, Our first album is self-titled, Bangers Brass, again with a Z. Mm. Um, And then our next one is to be coming out in summer of next year. Exciting. Very exciting. And if you haven't heard the current album, you need to shut the hell up and listen to it right now. (laughs) And well, we have our our first single from our new album is coming out. Yes. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, on December 31st. Nice. She just Mm. proved it. You pick up the slack. (laughs) There it is. Don't forget that. We work well together. (laughs) Um, We'll be at that show, or one of the shows. I said that show, but hopefully one of your first shows coming back. We will make a point of being there. Awesome, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Thanks for stopping by. Keep on doing what you're doing. Keep doing it. Thanks for the life lesson. And Matt, yeah, <laughs> just maybe just keep one in the tuck next time. Just have one ready, <laughs> well, just in case that might happen. Time what time what time kind time. of fact do you want? Because uh, I usually, usually just have like a tie in, or one of us usually has like some sort of tie in to bring it all home. Make sure you're nice to your band members okay. and make sure you practice before you come to rehearsal. All right, I can mm, please do that. Too, yeah. nice. ah, but we've musician. already done that one, so it's gonna be <laughs> no, two weeks in a row. That's worth saying. Yeah, if you miss it the first time, I endorse that lesson. Yeah, two thumbs up. There you go. That's a lot of thumbs in the room. See you guys (laughs) later. Bye, guys. Each episode of the DNA Airwaves is recorded, broadcast, produced, and all that good stuff right here at the MPL Toronto. The MPL is a collection of film and audio studios dedicated to making all things visual look amazing and all things audio sound brilliant. Check us out at the-mpl, that's maple without the vowels, dot com for more details. The podcast is also brought to you by The DNA Project, your live entertainment agency. Anything you need for your live event, they've got you covered. Weddings to large corporate galas, we can do it all or we can do just a little bit. Wonderful people and a great company. Check them out before your live event at thednaproject.ca. As a podcaster, you know that great content is only half the battle. The other half is finding the right hosting platform to reach your audience. That's where Captivate comes in. With unlimited podcasts, advanced analytics, and personalized support, Captivate has everything you need to grow your audience and monetize your show. Join the thousands of successful podcasters just like us who trust Captivate for their hosting needs. Visit dnaairwaves.com Captivate today to start your free trial.